You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Friday, October 29th, Just Baseball Show, Jack, Peter, Aram, the three of us coming to you ahead of Game 3 at Truist Park as the World Series shifts to the southeast from the kind of southeast, kind of southwest, should we just call it the south, deep in the heart of Texas? I think that's fair. I have a question that I'd like to clear up just about geography in general. Why is Indiana the Midwest? Why is the eastern part of the middle of the country classified as the Midwest? Because so many people just think the East Coast is the entirety of America. I mean, you live in New York City. Isn't New York City literally the center of the universe? Well, it is the capital of the world. It does kind of feel like Manhattan feels like the capital of the world. And I know you're trying to make a joke, but it really is. But that can't be the reason that it's just because East Coasters are so East Coast that they don't understand that there's more part of the country. That can't be the answer. Okay, now let me say something real quick. Um, It's got to be part of the Midwest because the Mideast is already taken. What? How is it taken? The Middle East. Oh, duh. (laughs) Yeah, because of Iraq. Yeah, Iraq. That's it. Iraq. Yeah, no, there's there's more. But Jordan, Israel, Yemen, like those types. Armenia. Yeah, Armenia. But we can't call. I guess Indiana, that zone, the Middle East. Indiana is not the Middle East. (laughs) No. Let's call Indiana. We would use it like that, but if we're talking about the actual geography of America. Hello, Arm. (laughs) Also, what's the South? Because the South is like North Carolina at some points, too. The South isn't really the South. I'm from Florida, like South Florida. That's not the South, obviously. But that's the, the southernmost point of the country. People say, yeah, South Carolina is the South. Is it the South? Yeah, but it's like the Southeast. What is Florida then? Florida's the Southeast. Who refers to Florida as the Southeast? Uh, the SEC. Like people are out here calling Ohio Midwest. Yeah. Ohio's like right over there. I didn't make the rules. I feel like you did. <laughs> Why do I feel like you did? I don't know. Uh, Do we want to talk about baseball? Oh, before we do that, uh, before we get into baseball, Aram, you just brought up Florida because you can't not bring up Florida on a podcast. Oh, whoa. I I never bring up Florida. Don't like put me in the the same box as like Peter with the Yankees. Okay. This is two different things here. 
I don't know. I've I've heard a lot about Jorge Alfaro on the. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I it can't is, help myself. To arms credit, it is a lot of me teeing him up, asking, "Well, how's Jorge Alfaro doing? How's Alex <laughs> Jackson doing? How are all these guys doing?" And then he has it's just to Peter dunking so on really, me. <laughs> it's not really his fault. Um, but speaking of Florida, uh, Peter and I were saying maybe we should swap out the intro, like instrumental to the pod for just the Island Boys theme song. Yes. <laughs> Island Boys. So, you know, what, you know what's funny about that is, is that they've come up on my For You page for like a long time. So I've seen those guys as of maybe even six months ago. Like, I remember seeing videos of those guys when we were like tail end of quarantine because it's local to me. It was it was like. They're like 20 miles boys. from where. Yeah, they're your they're, island boys. They're island boys. Well, even though Florida's a peninsula. No, they're your they're island Cuba. boys. Yeah, they're my guys. But <laughs> they came up. They came up on my For You page. And then when I heard people talking about island boys, I was like, why does this sound familiar? And then I went on my feed and I saw them on, on Barstool. And I was like, oh, my God. They made it. They made it. So good for them. TikTok has some magical powers. Everyone is making fun of it because it is hilarious. Like two dudes with like phallic objects coming out of their head dyed yellow with face tats all over and they there's no way they're over 120 pounds each do we so do we know what their background is their names are fly soldier and kodiak red (laughs) but can i finish my point i think that song if they get it produced like they'll spend a lot of money for a big producer i bet you that song goes number one or something (laughs) like that that publicity like they better hurry up they better hurry I'm, I'm just saying, like, I think it will catch on and they will end up being popular artists, whether we but, like it or not, whether they're uh, good or not. Remember Mason Ramsey w- w- produced Legend. like a top 40 song after yodeling in a Walmart. Legend. Like he is, a, he became a legend. You can reverse that really quick. Lil Nas X made it. It was a parody song originally, right? Like he, he was just messing around on memes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but Lil Nas X is super talented, and that album is really good. I wouldn't consider Fly Soldier and Kodiak Red on, on Lil Nas X's talent level. You Jack, don't know that. October 29th, 2022, we're going to go back on this take and be like, remember Island Boys? They're the number one selling artist of the year. <laughs> They're the new Migos. They just won a Grammy. Ray Schrammerd <laughs> would be more, more accurate. Uh, okay, let's talk baseball. Astros and Braves, we head into game three of the World Series. Series is tied 1-1. Braves took the first one at Minute Maid. Uh, and then two nights ago, it was the Astros winning 7-2. to uh, And Jose Urquidy put together a legitimate start, just like yeah, I'm an expected. Idiot. I'm so sick of trying to predict these games. I'm so, so sick fun. of trying to find reasoning because the reasoning there could be Jose Arquiti is bad and he hasn't thrown to get into a rhythm. He's thrown what two and a third innings in 24 days, but he shoved. It's his ability to throw strikes and he just nibbles. He is the perfect nibbler. Nothing is middle. Everything is low and away, low and in. Like he, he does a phenomenal job of not trying to overpower you but he induces such weak contact. I mean, Urquidy was really impressive. And I, I do want to mention Colby's article. Uh, our, our boy, Colby Olson, um, basically the director of analytics with Just Baseball. He writes an article on JustBaseball.com every day after the series or after the game. And where this article is, Astros even World Series with game two win. Oh, that I'm, I'm even on the wrong article. I'm not even introducing him correctly. 
We just have but so many articles. We have so many articles, but you can get the recap from our boy, Ethan. But Colby does World Series game two by the numbers. And we should mention Michael Brantley um, from his article. He only had a 5.8% barrel rate during the regular season, but he barreled four balls in game one and he barreled three balls in game two and is still plus 1600 to win the MVP of the series. If the Astros were to win, it's an interesting cause he's crushing the ball. He's locked in and, and he's a guy that just his bats and ball skills are crazy. He doesn't move. I've never seen someone move so little with their swing and he doesn't have the most power in the world, but he's a big guy and he, he'll run into baseballs, but he just, He's an old school hitter. He's throwback. And, and that's what I love about him. And he's the perfect complement to a lineup full of big time, you know, power guys that it, it just, it fits in perfectly there. And, and you know, to, to go back to Urquidy, because I feel like I got, I got to talk about him after, you know, saying he was going to get blown up and, and he was great Yeah. Uh, off of Peter's point, he nibbles. Right. And when he's on though, he can nibble at those corners. Umpire was giving him a few inches off and he, yeah, was, he was exploiting, you know what, but, but you can't, you can't knock or for that. No, you got to give him credit. He was using it to his favor and just kept pounding out there and pounding out there. He's the type of player that has no margin for error though. You know, when he's off, if he's not hitting his spots, he's going to get teed off on, but he has good command. And when he's on, like he, he can nibble at those corners and he can be effective. And you know, he was, I, I still like another start when he comes out next time, I'm not, I'm not going to be confident in him doing it again. But he'll have those outings where he hits his spots and, and he hit his spots and you got to give credit where credit's due there and, and good for Urquidy. Urquidy was great. Bullpen picked up. Um, Max Freed struggled. He got into a rhythm. He retired, I want to say, 11 in a row at one point. It'd be 10 in a row. Uh, but here's the thing about the Astros lineup. And Michael Brantley is one of the three that I want to mention right now. The Astros have seven guys, eight if you include Maldonado, that are everyday players. There are not many teams in baseball that have eight everyday players, but the three lefties in the lineup against a left-handed starter, Max Freed in game two of the world series were Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, and Michael Brantley. They all have good splits. You can't sit any of those guys in a lefty lefty matchup because they're so good. They're three of the better hitters in baseball. So it doesn't matter if it's a righty or a lefty starting the game. They're going to be in the lineup. And as you saw, Michael Brantley is going to barrel the ball. Kyle Tucker is going to be Kyle Tucker. And then Jordan Alvarez is going to be a Hall of Famer, regardless of who he sees. King Felix in his prime or Jose Arquiti, if he ever finds his way off the Astros. We're going we're gonna to speak that into existence. And the hit of the night from Colby, that Travis Darno home run, 104 miles off. Miles an hour off the bat, 55 feet in height, only four seconds of hang time. He's basically explaining that Giancarlo Stanton would be very proud of Travis Darno. Travis Darno is kind of hitting it a little bit. Well, that's a huge one because we were talking about that, right? Who would you rather have, Maldonado or Darno? Maldonado did have a big hit there yesterday. I had under, remember I said I'm going to take yeah. half, under one half base and he, you got a single. Uh, so now his WRC plus might even be above zero. At now. zero. Yeah. But, Darno, we know what he's capable of offensively. If he starts to get going with that bat, now now this Braves lineup has a little bit of a jolt uh, and, and can get a nice little boost there. Jack, you mentioned having to put the lefties in there. What makes the Astros so tough, too, is that those three guys off the top of my head, I know Kyle Tucker only had a 10-point differential in his OPS, 
versus righties and lefties, which is just spectacular. Uh, Jordan Alvarez is another guy with almost no difference in his splits and same with Brantley. So of course, even the power hitting lefties with the duo of Tucker and, and Alvarez. And then of course, just Brantley, all three of those guys, they're just such good hitters that that lefty lefty doesn't even affect them. And, And that's part of the reason why the Astros are so damn good. And going back to the pitch of the night, and I want to get into a conversation about bullpens. First, the pitch of the night was Ryan Presley. He broke off with a five-run lead in the eighth. I guess that doesn't really matter against Jock Peterson. 3,387 RPMs on his curveball. That in itself is amazing, but there was 53 inches of vertical drop and 17 inches of horizontal break. And Colby had a really good point that I wanted to touch upon. And I quote, to put in perspective how rare that much spin is, Presley only threw five pitches with that much spin on his curveball all season and threw two pitches above that threshold tonight. Only Kyle Crick, Garrett Richards, Seth Lugo, Lucas Sims, and Dustin May threw more pitches with that much spin this season than Presley pretty crazy the type of spin that he's able to generate there and the amount of break too I mean you talk about what was it 56 inches I mean that that's as tall as our one of our writers Cam Carey I mean that that is a lot of break don't don't get on the short kings here no short king Cam I owed I owed Cam one I owed Cam one he, he he's given me a couple <laughs> I just want him to listen to the podcast now and just angrily listen here's the thing what Presley did yesterday, spinning off that breaker is rare. Like that's what that number tells you. It's really exactly. rare to see that. Um, the, the other thing that jumps out to me is that Dustin May threw more pitches with that spin than Ryan Presley. And Dustin May tore his UCL in May, early May, maybe late April. Like Before just baseball existed. Yeah, he didn't last long this year. And yet he still was just spinning them off left and right. That guy's a freak. It was last time when- Dustin May pitched, we were still project the plate. Yeah, we were still project the plate, and we posted a TikTok. Remember, I think it was like um, most underrated pitcher to watch for this year, Dustin May of the Dodgers, and it went nuclear on TikTok. And then Dustin May immediately got hurt, and the comment is POV: Dustin May is out for the year, as if it's our we fault. didn't know. Yeah, it's our fault. We did it. But talking about Presley, this is a good time to talk about the damn Houston bullpen guys. Eleven innings, one earned run. The Houston bullpen has been phenomenal. Christian Javier, Jake Odorizzi in game one. They saved Graveman and Presley for game two, and it worked. This Houston bullpen, guys, I called it a push. I'm telling you, it's good. The Braves bullpen, not taking any credit away from them because they've been phenomenal too. I'm just saying, Houston bullpen, don't sleep. I'm going to be this guy. Uh, I'm still sleeping. Because 11 innings can still be fluky. So I need to see three and four. If they perform in games three and four, especially on the road with not their home crowd, um, it, you can luck your way into, into a good bullpen outing two games in a row at home. Um, I've got to see it on the road in the World Series. And then I will start believing that it can truly be a push with Atlanta's bullpen. I still think Atlanta has the better bullpen far and away. Um, I, I'm so sorry to divert from the topic here, but I just saw one of the weirder things I've seen in a baseball like stat sheet in my life. 
And this is kind of making me think that the home run distances are made up. And I think they had like a glitch in the system. But let me list you the distances of each of the home runs from yesterday's game. So Brantley's went 368. But then after that, Correa's was 372 feet. Bregman's was 373 feet. Altuve's was 374 feet. And Darno's was 375 feet, according to Baseball Savant. No. Yeah, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. There's no... No, I'm tweeting that out. I'm, I'm tweeting that out after this after this episode is over. What? I know you're like the king of multitasking. You could probably tweet it out while putting together a coherent claim right now. <laughs> yeah, I probably <laughs> like could. type yeah. it out as you're. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet it out right now as we're yeah, recording. Like, how how is that possible? I think RM actually think kind of functions like Schefter or like Woj, right? Like yeah. he can just drop a bomb and receive phone calls while just sitting there and doing a sports center hit. Jack, I, I've gotten alerts on my phone of Aram retweeting while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten Aram has retweeted like some of my stuff on Twitter while recording. So man, what's it, what's the date dynamic like, Aram? <laughs> like when you're when you're on a date. And we've just got like a Marlins game going on or something. Say you oh. were to go on a date during game three tonight. What are you doing? Under so the table? my ex-girlfriend, which I think kind of answers your question there. Uh, <laughs> she didn't love it. She didn't love it. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, I here's the thing is, is I'm listening. I really am. It's not one of those like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I can do it. I can do it. But you know what? It was more of what it represented. And, and you know what? It was, it was part of the demise. Also, why are you assuming that we're going on dates during MLB? Like, I got picks to make in the morning. Yeah, shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I haven't talked to a girl since February. Well, I met my girlfriend in October, (laughs) the year that I met her, which was kind of the season was the the White Sox were probably out of it. Sox were done. Cubs were done. I mean, of course. Then you had time. Ton of time. If I'm getting married... To answer your question, too, I get married right after the Super Bowl in February. Nothing's going on. Honeymoon. I mean, I'm like I've said this before on the podcast. Like, oh, I'm so focused on you. Like, I, it's all you. I'm ignoring all the sports right now. I think it was it was a one year anniversary or two year anniversary. I forget which. Um, with my ex girlfriend and we, uh, I, it was Duke Syracuse, and I was like shaking the whole dinner. Like, just like don't. I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna look. I went to the bathroom like three times, but that wasn't bad for me. Yeah. But I think the Marlins sucking started to make it a lot easier for me. You know, like the Marlins just being terrible. was like, okay, I don't, I don't need to watch anymore. I don't need to pay attention, but now I pay attention to everything. So it's hard. It's hard now. Now now I'm back on back on my BS. Yeah. Here's a, here's a classic transition to get us back to the baseball conversation. I can't take bathroom breaks while watching Christian Javier. This guy is as dominant a bullpen piece as we've seen in the postseason. You know, Hauk was great. Pavetta was great. But those guys aren't in the World Series right now. Matzik is the guy that everybody thinks about in the bullpen right now. But Christian Javier, what he has done, I mean, coming into the outing last night or two nights ago in game two, um, what, he was holding opponents to like a 115 batting average against. That's some Freddie Peralta shit right there. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I was just going to, you know, keep talking. I mean, Christian Javier, that's why I'm so in on this Houston bullpen. I mean, Christian Javier again in game two, just one and a third, one hit, two strikeouts, 27 pitches. You should and he's be ready gonna be again fully, for game three. Fully available. 
fully available for game three. You can exactly. Check them out. And question to you guys, like, let's say there's a game six, game seven, and you have the option between Luis Garcia, Framber Valdez, and Christian Javier. I don't know if it'll end up like that, but I, I mean, depending on Luis Garcia pitches in game three, I kind of want Javier. I'm starting Valdez or Garcia, and I've got Javier ready to go four. Well, we got game three to talk about, and it's Luis Garcia facing off against Ian Anderson. Little splits notes. Oh, yeah. Luis Garcia, his ERA during the regular season, two runs worse on the road. ERA is in the mid fours on the road. ERA at home, mid twos. He's a rookie. Ian Anderson doesn't really have those kinds of splits. Neither pitcher has faced the opposing team, so there's no hitting data. It's kind of a shot in the dark. Atlanta opened up as minus 111 favorites. Um, As a favorite this year, they were 48 and 71 as a favorite, but they were 38 and 13 as underdogs. The Astros were only 17 and 13 this year as underdogs. Um, the over under is nine or no, it's eight and a half. This is one of your classic. What the hell do we pick? They were only dogs 30 times at a 162. Yep. That's you a should mess. see the Dodgers. I think it was like six and seven. That's a mess. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's real though. The, I know it's a regular season. It's tough. It's hard to bring those samples into the playoffs, but 48 and 71 as a favorite is very interesting. Listen, these are dueling rookies in game three of the world series. Um, is Ian Anderson a rookie? Like, yeah, he is, but no rookie. way. Like I, you could, I don't think you can call Ian Anderson a rookie because it has that connotation that he hasn't been there before. He literally pitched in the NLCS. I know yeah. what he's doing, but he pitched in the NLCS like twice against the Dodgers. Uh, yeah. Yes, the rule. Like, I'm like a year away from calling Anderson a vet. Yeah, next year he's a vet. He's gonna have fifty <laughs> like playoff innings. Vet. He's gonna have fifty playoff innings under his belt. He's a rookie. I, at this point, so by by the end of this this series, Ian Anderson will have been a rookie still technically. And we'll have had legitimately what? How many innings? Postseason innings under his belt? Series of two different years. Like what? So I'm I'm asking you guys. It's going to Atlanta, one-one. Luis Garcia. You got Houston at a plus line. Atlanta small favorite. Over under eight and a half. We know what Houston does on offense. We know that the Braves are better against right-handed pitching as well. I'm perplexed. I literally have no idea what's going to happen in this game. Well, what makes it even harder is that we saw Luis Garcia we've never seen before in that last outing. Luis Garcia that was spinning the ball better than he's ever spun it, that was throwing harder than he's ever thrown it, that was commanding a cutter. The, well, he always had that cutter, but it was, it was otherworldly in that last outing. We mentioned 13 swings, 12 lifts. That – if that Luis Garcia is out there again, the under looks great because you got Javier available. You've got a lot of your better bullpen arms available. Then on, on the Braves side, Ian Anderson's giving you nothing but plenty of reason to believe that he can continue to give you quality starts in their bullpen. They get a day off, a much needed day off. And you know what? 
even after last game, it does, it does suck that they got blown out, but at least they didn't have to go to any of their main guys. And now they have the day off. Both bullpens are rested. Both starters are solid. It's, it's kind of hard to justify taking the over in this one. I think this is one of the few unders we're going to see out of the, out of these Astros games that we've seen over the last couple of series. When I close my eyes and run through this game at warp speed, like how I see it playing out uh, is Braves and the under personally, I think two rookies are going to perform because rookies can, I don't think rookies put together so, so starts in the world series. I just think they either show up and are studs, or I think that they show their rookie colors uh, even if one of them shows the rookie colors, and I don't think it's Ian Anderson because I don't think Ian Anderson is a rookie, much like you guys. If Luis Garcia looks like a rookie, I still think Ian Anderson is going to be good. I think there's a good chance that both these starting pitchers can go through like five innings of one run ball, maybe four innings, five feels drastic, but then you hand it off to two good bullpens. Houston is a better bullpen than I thought. I'm not ready to say they're better than Atlanta's, but now you've got a rested Atlanta bullpen. You've got a ready Christian Javier, like we were just saying. I personally, and I will likely be wrong. It'll be the Astros and the over, but I, I say the Braves in the under. Well, now I feel much worse about my opinion. All right. Oh, hold on, Please. Pete, before you go. Uh, that is... Uh, you say you feel worse about it. Might as well plug the merch right now. Uh, just baseball.com. That's what I was got, getting at. Yeah. We've got, we've got a world series deal going on. Get your just baseball shirts and hats using the promo code fade Jack one word, all lowercase F A D E J A C K fade Jack for 50 Never gets old. off at checkout. That does not apply to the just baseball shirt with pillbox bat coat, Peter. Je- well, first the pillbox, shirt the just baseball postseason shirt you guys got to check it out on pillbox it's like i said it's just the com- the most comfortable shirt in the world my roommate I, he's wearing it again this morning like he just oh keeps putting it on he's like i could wear it out i'm wearing it to the gym and i was like it just looks good it's a good looking shirt the bet okay that's my thinking i texted you guys too um so you got this verbatim it's on record as soon as Houston started scoring, I felt to myself, is this the commanding Houston that actually just wins three straight in Atlanta and ends it in five? Is this team just that much better? My gut says Houston is going to just roll. My brain says Ian Anderson at home is the guy to trail. But I follow my – I think I'm going to go Houston Moneyline, especially as an underdog. They say I the guts the, the second brain. I, I just I, – what I saw from Houston, I think they're going to keep rolling, and I, I just think they're going to roll into Atlanta. And that was – that felt <laughs> – what are you laughing at? I just processed, like, what you said, and I was just like, okay, if I'm – like t- trailing Pete, he's made me a lot of money this this season. Let's say if I if I was taking his not gambling advice, but if somebody tells <laughs> tells me, my gut is telling me this, and my brain, yeah, I didn't even say brain, heart. It's my, brain, my brain is telling me this. I'm going to ignore the brain and go with my gut. Here's my pick. 
I don't know how good I feel about that pick. Because I, and quite honestly, I don't feel good about the pick at all. I think this I know, is the closest really game we've maybe even seen in the playoffs so far. That's how, because the Braves bullpen, I mean, Minter's back, the whole gang, but the whole gang is there for Houston. I gang? mean, this is like another game one, which the Braves won. You want to know a crazy stat too? So Ian Anderson has made now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven postseason starts. Some of them have been cut short to just three innings, but that, I mean, that's like the new norm, right? None of his seven postseason starts so far between 2020 and 2021, he's never given up more than two earned runs. I, that, that gives me a lot of confidence because of what Jack says. I fully agree that. But the thing is arm, arm, just one thing. Like he, he only went three innings or four innings in some of those starts. That's, that's where I'm just like, you're right. And I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's just like, damn it. <laughs> you know, I, I agree. I agree. But like, even at the worst starts, like he's not getting shelled. It's more no, like you're right cut, paper that. cut, paper cut. All right, let's, let's take him out. That's the one thing. Cause I agree wholeheartedly with what Jack said is there's usually no in between with rookies and, and fake rookie and Anderson. He's like the one exception where he, he not even has, yeah, he's not a rookie. Yeah. Uh, this is the evidence, Exhibit A. Uh, there's no in between. Uh, there is some in between with him, where even when he's off through three innings, you kind of. I think Snicker knows him so well too that Snicker knows. Okay, he doesn't have it today. Let's pull him in the fourth. Uh, let's get him out of there. And, and you know, that's, I don't know if the same is true with Freed. I think with Freed, he's like, ah, he can battle, and sometimes it ends up a lot uglier uh, th- than you want it to be. And it seems like he just knows how to how to use Ian Anderson a little bit better and knows when he's, you know, heading towards that direction uh, because he doesn't really give up a ton of homers or, or anything like that. Only and one homer under, he's given up in 30 yeah. postseason innings. The under might be the play. I like I the under is the play in 30 and two thirds postseason innings. One, four, seven ERA. Like that's that's the number that I one like. homer, one homer, and 30 and two thirds really innings. And he was good against the Dodgers and the Dodgers. I mean. They're not that far off from the Astros, I mean, right? Uh, they're right there. I mean, I know they don't have Max Muncie, but still, it's still the. I mean, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Corey Seager, Justin Turner. Are you kidding me? That uh, guys I mean, are decent. Yeah, they're they're all right. <sighs> Albert, Pujols. but the thing is, I've been on the over train. If I go to the under and it doesn't hit, I lose all credibility for the rest of my life, right? Well, the rest we've of my life? lost all credibility at some point, at least. 10 also. Times. I want to give you some credit fade Jack. I get it. It's kind of hilarious. And your record is six and 11, but you give away always plus two seventy five props. Yep. So you have the worst record, but I bet if we go units, you're doing just fine. So I'm I'm giving you my credit, my boy, you're fine. You're not, it's not actually fade Jack. You're my boy, Pete. Thanks. Uh, But you don't know anything about college football betting. No, I, I actually don't know anything about sports. That's what I've learned. That's why we're here. That, that he just me. has a really nice voice, and it sounds like he knows what he's talking about. He, here's what happens on a daily basis. <laughs> here's I, what happens. I get a lot of people saying, Jack, you have no idea how to do your job. Here, here's how you could be so much better at doing your job. And I say, you know what? I'm going to take that. I, I got to separate church and state. I got to put the work away. I got to sit there. I got to watch The Bachelorette. By the way, I, I don't know who's the front runner for Michelle right now. Uh, and then I hop right back in and I say, okay, you know what? Maybe user 4863792 was right about me and that I am just a bad human. Think about it. 
who knows more about you, you or user 7845286942020? Yeah, I'm not sure. 420, he seems like he has some pot pot thoughts, so he might be uh he might be a so little on bit a different more level than you, a little bit smarter. Yep. I mean, you wait, but then you got the other guys who saying oh, we're doing well, but you know, user 4527892783 is yeah. No, exactly. So, so Pete, here's, here's what I'm pushing for, for the rest of the world series and onward in our vocational lives. Um, if we are lions, we should actually start concerning ourselves with opinions of sheep. We're going to be the first lions who are very concerned with opinions. I get it. Yeah. Smart. Does that work? Should for we you? talk about the rest of the series moving forward? And if like, let's, let's give a goddamn prediction people. Let's put it where it is. Who's winning game three? And then if we're looking ahead, because we'll be back next week in order to do game six and game seven. So we're just looking at games three, four, and five over this weekend. Let's do this. I want, Jack, I want your game three prediction. And then based on that, how do you see games four and five looking? Arm, I'm going to throw it to you and then I'll end it. Jack, game three, winner. And then what are you looking for, four and five? Well, game five is on Sunday night. Um Game six will be on Tuesday. Yes, sir. If it happens, I'll be there. If it happens, exactly. I'll be in Houston. So we need game six. Yeah. Uh, if I had to put a bajillion dollars now, I think we're recording a podcast ahead of a game six. I don't think anybody's yes. taking care of this in five. I agree. Let's hope. Let's hope. I think the Braves win game three. I think Ian Anderson puts together a really solid outing. One more thing to tie the bow on Ian Anderson. He might have 40 postseason innings logged as a rookie. In his like, career, what? 40 postseason. That's what I was saying. Um, so I think Ian Anderson's going to shove. I think there's a chance. I thought Anderson was pulled prematurely in the clincher for Atlanta in the NLCS. <laughs> he only threw four innings, and then he was pulled early. Uh, it ended up working with Rosario hitting that bomb a little bit later on in the frame. You know, the pinch hitter kept the inning alive. Uh, Anderson was through four really strong. And yeah, yeah. I personally thought he was throwing the best changeup I've seen from him in his entire career. That changeup looks on. So I think the changeup's on tonight. I think Anderson goes five. I think at most he allows two earned. So Anderson is going to outduel Luis Garcia. It's actually going to be a low scoring game, but I've got the Braves winning. If I had to attach a score, Five to Atlanta, which is still the under. Uh, game four would be who? That would be. Dude, we don't know yet. It hasn't come out. We don't know what they're going to do. But we like, don't know if we're going to see Drew Smiley from the Braves. Oh. We don't know if we're going to see Oda Rizzi. Like we don't, we don't know who we're going to see yet. Right. So if it's a battle of bullpen games. But like, let's say you saw the Braves win game three i think naturally like my gut <laughs> we know we hate the gut but my gut saying astros game four right astros game four and then so game five atlanta i i'm gonna stand by atlanta atlanta winning winning two of three okay yeah i like it because we all said that they were gonna split in houston and then we were all just who's gonna win two of three in atlanta yeah i've still got atlanta in six i'm standing by it arm yeah, I still like it. I land on six. I think they're going to get this first one in game three and then split four or five. It really depends on how, how the Astros navigate it. 
you had them in seven though, didn't you? Oh, in seven. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. I heard Jack and repeated it. So I, I still <laughs> think, well, what I think is going to happen is this, they, they go, I was going to, I was going to give my full explanation, which would have explained seven. So it wouldn't have made sense anyway. So thank you for <laughs> clarifying that. It would have made no sense. So I have, I, for whatever reason, I have a mental block when I say what team and how many games I've noticed that, but anyways, I, I like the Braves a lot in this next game. And then after that, I think it's going to be a little bit chaotic. I think they split the next two. And when it goes back to Houston and it's Braves up a game, you got to think Houston's going to, going to, going to take one with, with their backs against the wall. And, and that's where, that's where I like Houston taking game six. And honestly, though, here's the concern. And, I, and I'm not going to walk it back on it. I'm still going to stick with it. But a big reason why I liked the Braves in seven was Charlie Morton. And now they don't have their big game seven guy. I, I still am going to, I still like Braves in seven, but I, I will be honest i don't feel as good about it at all uh but i i think it's going to go to a game seven because next game goes to the uh, goes to the braves then they split the next two and then i just don't see the astros possibly losing in an elimination game a season ender world series ender at home in game six they'll find a way they'll be all hands on deck they'll be off a travel day javier will go five if he has to in that one you know that's season on the line kind of shit i i'm loving game seven and the only way I can go to a world series game as if they go six. So I just need somebody to not win three straight uh, because I got invited to game six. (laughs) So score prediction for game three. I think it's going to be low scoring. I'm going to say four, two Braves. I like it. I think the Astros win. Ah, Yes. Astros are going to win game. Mm. Astros are going to win game four. And it's game three. No, I'm I'm just I'm going through so many options in my head, but I have to stick with something. And I'm going with baby steps. Houston Astros will win game three, five to three. They will lose the next game. They will lose game four. Then they will win game five. It will be three two going to Houston, and they win game six. And my prediction of Houston Astros in six comes true. Interesting. Interesting. Also, something I wanted to point out. Have you noticed anytime Jack talks about a changeup, he physically throws it? <laughs> he always, like, no, the curveball. Changeup looks splitter, good. His changeup looks great. Cutter, it's always, he breaks it off for Changeup looks good. He gives you a nice circle change. Yeah. Jack McMullen, Chicago, high school, nasty changeup. Oh, yeah. Nasty right? throw. Nasty I, I saw him throw. I Some throw for the, the Syracuse slot. Club baseball team. Dude, I, I'm telling you, there was a direct slide downwards. Freshman year of college was my best year production-wise for Syracuse Club baseball, and then it was just a, a slick drop downhill. It I tore brutal. my labrum in game one, bro. Talk <laughs> about a slick downhill. Yeah. I tore my labrum. Game one, full tear. That's like a over. real was, injury for a club baseball game. That's a real injury. It was like it was 30, 30 degrees out. I went to chooch somebody and it was like pop and we only had nine guys. So I go up to the plate and I'm trying to swing and it just, it, it wasn't working. I, like my bat, it felt like I was holding a 50 pound bat. I think I struck out four times. So we, I'm like, Oh, for four with four Ks. We had another car of like three kids coming later that day. They were just going to miss game one. Uh, so I was the pitcher on the mound for that one. We were in state college, Pennsylvania, 34 degrees. Uh, we were playing Penn state and Penn State wasn't good either, but we weren't good. And we were all just viciously hung over, which was our big problem. 
And oh, yeah. I'm I sure was, Penn State wasn't either. They were vicious. That's the beauty of club baseball. Yeah. Uh, there was okay. I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you a club baseball story after this uh, to wrap up the pod. But yeah, Aram was out there. How'd you tear your leg swinging? No throw. I went to make a throw from left field and yeah. it, it just popped. It was always partially torn. And then it was cold out. I'd never played in the cold before being, you know, from the Southeast nice and point. from the Southeast, and from the Southeast, from you know, the Island. And I <laughs> literally, never played below <laughs> literally, I never played below 60 degree weather. So my muscles obviously weren't accustomed to it. And yeah, pop. So I was out there with no ability to throw. If they hit me a ball, I legitimately would have had to sw- either underhand it or switch hands and throw lefty. Like that's how bad it was. But anyway, continue Jack. No, I mean, so arm was out and left. I was pitching. And I mean, I, there was like a stretch in the second and third inning where I just couldn't throw a strike, but we had no other oh. arms there because all our other arms were like driving. <laughs> so I threw I don't think anybody had a pitch count going, but I bet I threw 130 pitches. And that was the last time I pitched for Syracuse club baseball. That's just, it was so... a mess. Now I got to tell you a story. Cause that was my sophomore year at college. That was arms first year. Cause he didn't play freshman year. My freshman year, I saw a senior and I'm totally blanking on the name, but senior, you know, initially went to a division one school to play. He didn't get playing time. He transferred to Syracuse, you know, quit baseball, but still wanted to dabble in and played club baseball violently hung over for a road game at like SUNY Brockport. I want to say just aggressively hung over. You can just see it in his eyes. He just didn't want to be awake. This dude pops an Adderall gets a five hour energy down and throws in the biggest lip I've ever seen. And he says, let's go boys. And he runs out to right field. I was like, wow, this is not high school baseball anymore. No, I'm totally I mean, out of the competitive sphere. Say 86 Mets, baby. Like three different substances to get your mind right for an (laughs) outfield position at club baseball against Sooty Brockport. Are you kidding me? I was just like, you were netting so negative that you needed to do three things to get your body and your mind back to square one. That's the thing. It's so many different substances just to get you back to even. (laughs) Just just to level everything out back to just... just If I did that... Being able to open your eyes and feel sober for a second. (laughs) If I did that, I think I, I'd just go into cardiac arrest. Yeah. The five I, hour energy with that? Oh my God. No shot. <laughs> well, if you want to watch this podcast on YouTube, at Just Baseball Media, also give us a follow on TikTok and Instagram at Just Baseball Fans. On Twitter, we are at Just BB Media. That's Jack underscore McMullen 11. That's Arm Layton 8. And I'm at Peter Apple 23 catch us on Twitch. This podcast is dropping Friday. I am streaming today and giving out free merch. So up on Twitch at around 1 32 PM Eastern. We also got the discord and we have all of our merch use code fade Jack head to our Instagram head to just baseball. You can look up just baseball Shopify. It'll take you there as well. That's arm. That's Jack. Anything else? If you truly want to abide by the promo code, Astros money line and the over tonight, game three. We also forgot to talk about uh the bullpen and and that whole thing with, with PETA and how we can't call it the bullpen anymore. <laughs> so I'll, I'll save that one for next time because I have I have some fun fun thoughts on that. Hey, my last thought, I think the arm barn is awesome. 
yeah. the arm barn. I thought of Armageddon. I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah. The Armageddon. Yeah, Their the, the Armageddon's a bit thin. It is. Yeah. But that's the podcast. Thank you, everybody.